It was 1916. Two years into the war, I was in the army. Infantry. Gwyn's Shorts. All Welsh division over in France. Episodes 1 to 9 The prison guard was making his round and he was satisfied to notice that everything was quiet. More importantly, they were quiet. The legends had been quite loud since their arrival at the time prison and none of the usual threats had an effect on them. They simply wouldn't be quiet. With two exceptions, though, the mad scientist and the poet. Those two had been a little too quiet, considering. State your name and occupation. The matronly woman wasn't happy to be on processing duty. Every single one of the legends had been difficult. Complaining, making silly demons, or just questioning everything. At this point, she was really looking forward to the end of her shift. Dr. Gwyn Davis. <clears throat> I invented time travel. And you expect a medal for that? Next! Gwen was escorted out of the room, but as he was leaving, he got a glimpse of Alan, who was going to be processed next. Things weren't so bad. At least this is what Gwen told himself to cope with the situation. He was finally reunited with Alan and... This was pretty much the only upside. Are we prisoners of war? The poet asked, but the scientist wasn't able to provide an answer. He didn't even know what the charges against them were. All he knew was that they had trusted Mike the Fixer twice and that he had betrayed them twice in return. And who goes by the name Boxer Gold anyway? It's Booster! Booster Gold! came a familiar voice from the cell next door, but Gwyn ignored it. You know, Gwyn, you're quite handsome when you're sulking, Alan said with a smile. Yes, things could be worse. Breakfast, lunch and dinner were the legend's favorite time of the day. Not because of the food quality, who likes grey mush anyway, but because they could spend time together and check on each other. The first couple of days, they were hopeful. You'll see, we'll be out in no time, we're frigging legends. Sarah kept telling them. That was until the official news was brought to them abruptly. We have been cancelled, Astra repeated. They all shared the same look of shock. They had been sentenced to a lifetime in prison. I, I'm going to have our baby in jail. Sarah's hormones weren't acting up this time, and soon they were all crying with her, especially Gary. <laughs> the next morning, there was no happy reunion at breakfast. Instead, a gloomy atmosphere seemed to have surrounded the legend's table, and even the guards on duty felt depressed. They had started to grow accustomed to the loud group of time travelers. The legends weren't hungry, and they even avoided eye contact, because they were too afraid they might start crying again. Spooner's voice broke the heavy silence. When do legends go quietly? Astra instantly looked at her friend and smiled. Never. 
they never go quietly. And the legends seemed to steer from their sad mood. Gwyn spoke. Well, actually, I believe that going quietly is the key to escape this prison, for, you see, I have a plan. The prison guard was making his round and was satisfied to observe that everything was quiet. More importantly, the legends were quiet. Too quiet. Suddenly alarmed, the guard hurried to check in their respective cells. They were empty. All of them. The legends never go quietly. Only this time, they did. They did go so quietly that nobody noticed. He's lost it. Spooner was the first one to react. This is a terrible idea, Astra added. You're going to get yourself killed, Gary said, and they all feared he would start crying again. Let me take your place. I will do it, Alan offered. Sarah and Ava had mixed feelings too. Gideon was checking probabilities, and Dari didn't know what to think. They had noticed that Gwyn seemed disappointed by their lack of faith in him. The scientist had exposed his ID as discreetly as possible, considering his excitement, and while he didn't expect a standing ovation, he wasn't ready for those reactions. Berhard placed a comforting hand on Gwyn's shoulder. Guys, we've done craziest things in the past. I believe that Gwyn's plan could work. It's worth a try. According to my calculations, the odds for such a plan to be successful are... We don't want to know, Gideon, Berhard interrupted her. Gary was about to protest when a siren sounded the end of breakfast time. Back in the cell they were sharing, Gwyn was sitting on the edge of his bed while Alan was pacing restlessly. You disapprove the scientist said quietly. Can you blame me? Alan replied, trying his best not to sound too upset. You told me that you invented time travel to save me, and now that you got me back, you're about to risk your life. Of course, I disapprove. Gwen had told Alan about the fate of the unit in Mamet's woods. He had told him about how he couldn't live in a world without him in it. He would have shown him the dog tags he had carried since Alan's passing, but he had placed them on Robert Allen for younger Gwen to find. As the scientist watched Alan pace, he could understand his reluctance to let him carry on his plan. What if I gave you my word that I will come back to you? Alan stopped pacing. He was about to tell Gwyn that it wasn't enough, but then he saw the scientist's smile and the expression of love in his eyes as he was looking at him. That's when the poet knew it was enough. You better come back to me, Gwen, or I swear I'll get you back myself. Power's inhibitors were active in the prison, preventing Astra and Spooner from using their abilities. Berhard's totem had been confiscated, and Gary was wearing a prison bracelet that forced him to stay in his human form. Gwen and Gideon had managed to build a rudimentary scanner, and the scientists swiped the prison with it. 
The guards were used to this odd man who sometimes talked to himself and they didn't think twice when they saw him wander about. From time to time, when Gwyn would wander in an off-limit area, they would gently escort him back to his cell. The scientist never resisted, never protested or raised his voice. The guards couldn't possibly know that this was just an act and that the quiet prisoner was, in fact, looking for a blind spot. My plan is simple, Gwyned explained. Once we locate a blind spot, Astra will turn me into a tiny version of myself. One of you will carry me and get me as close to the storage area as possible. I will retrieve one of the keys from Mr. John's mansion and we will be able to escape in the pocket dimension. The plan did sound simple enough and yet the legends couldn't help but fear for Gwen's safety. It's way too dangerous, Gwen, Sarah said during lunchtime when they gathered again. Her tone suggested that as the captain she was forbidding this plan to be put into motion. What Sarah means is that some of us are more experienced in the field and that you're much more valuable to us as the brain of the operation, Eva added, trying to smooth Tara's words, while the rest of the team nodded in approval. But Gwyn was a stubborn man. I hear you. However, you are all very loud. If one of you suddenly goes missing, it won't go unnoticed. But me? I am the quiet one that nobody remembers. I'm telling you, I'm your best chance to escape this place. Silence greeted him. They were all staring at Sarah, and Berat smiled. You know, he does have a point. Fine, Sarah sighed. Tiny green it is, then. And that's when the siren sounded the end of lunchtime. Please come back to me. At first, Astra and Gwyn had planned to go to the blind spot alone, but Alan had objected that it might look suspicious if she suddenly turned out to be alone. He offered to come along because, of course, he also wanted to be there for Gwyn. As they reached the spot, a recess in one of the prison's corridor, Astra told Alan to keep watch, but before they left him, he kissed Gwen and whispered, In the river I see you, for you'll always be you, and I will always be me, Gwen replied. They exchanged a smile, and the poet took his position to make sure that Astra wouldn't be interrupted. As he heard her cast the spell, he couldn't refrain from praying, Please, come back to me. Gwen was keeping a brave face, but as the time neared when the plan would be put in motion, he was getting nervous and Astra noticed that he looked agitated. If you're having second thoughts, someone else can do it. Gwen shook his head. No, no, I want to do this. As Astra started chanting, the scientist closed his eyes. You can open your eyes now, Gwen. The scientist carefully opened one eye, then the other. Oh, was all he could say. Astra was kneeling in front of him, smiling. 
she had the size of a giant. In fact, everything looked gigantic. Astra placed her hand next to Gwyn, palm up to allow him to climb on it. Then she cautiously brought her hand to the front pocket of her jumpsuit. You'll be safe in there, she promised. As Gwen fell into the pocket, Astra started laughing. I'll grant you this, you look cute as a tiny version of yourself. As she started walking to rejoin Alan, Gwen had to admit that being tiny wasn't so bad. The pocket was warm and cozy, and as Astra walked, it felt as if he was gently rocked. Tiny Gwen could have easily dozed off, but the legends were counting on him to escape the prison. Where is he? Alan instantly asked when Astra showed up. Tiny Gwen's head popped out of Astra's pocket, and despite himself, Alan couldn't help but be impressed. So it is true then. Magic is real. Astra motioned him to get moving, and Tiny Gwyn hid back in the pocket. Meanwhile, the legends were scattered all around the prison by groups of two or three. They thought that Gwyn's disappearance would go unnoticed if they didn't stay all together. Astra and Alan made their way to the storage area, or at least as close as they could get. But when Astra placed Tiny Gwen on the floor, Alan flinched. No, I can't let you do this. It's way too dangerous. You're so tiny. You will get hurt or worse. Let's find another way to break out of prison. He kneeled down, ready to pick up Gwen, but the tiny scientist suddenly started running towards the storage area. Gwen, come back here, Alan shouted. Seems like even when he's tiny, your boyfriend is quite the stubborn one, Astra smirked. What are we going to do now? Now? We wait for Gwen to return with the key, of course. When Alan decided that it was too dangerous for tiny Gwen to retrieve the mansion's key by himself, Gwen ran away, as fast as he could. But he was a scientist not an athlete, and he soon had to take a break to catch his breath. That's when he realized that maybe Alan was right. Everything was too big around him. He was so tiny. How would he even manage to reach the shelves in the storage room? I am going to fail them, he said out loud as he sat on the floor feeling defeated. That was until he jumped on his feet when he heard a voice addressing him. Aren't you cute? Gwyn looked up and saw a young woman staring at him. Who are you? How did you find me? I'm Alessa, and I was kind of hoping to hide here, but the spot is obviously taken already. Wait, I know you. You do? Gwyn couldn't believe it. Usually no one knew who he was. Yeah, you're that dude who invented time travel to save the love of his life, and you became a legend. I suppose this is correct, Gwyn said, a bit disappointed that she didn't know him by name. You look like you could need a friend, Alisa went on, and she picked up tiny Gwyn despite his complaints. As a matter of fact, I know just the person who could help you. Alisa started walking, and tiny Gwyn noticed that she was quite sneaky. 
she seemed to have no problems avoiding the guards, and she even managed to break into one cell, much to the occupant's surprise. But Gwen was even more surprised. Miss Lizzie? I'm so happy to see you! Miss Lizzie, also known as Zari 4.0, had jumped up from her bunk, ready to give the intruder a piece of her mind, when her eyes fell on tiny Gwen, who was currently in Alisa's hand. Gwyn, is that you? Yes, yes, it's me. But how? You know what? Never mind. What are you doing here? And by here I mean in my cell, not in prison. I know what you're doing in prison. Well, you see, Miss Lizzie, I had this idea that if I could find a blind spot, then Miss Astra could use her magic to turn me into a tiny version of myself. That way, I would be able to get one of the mansion's keys. And how is it going so far? Well... If I am entirely honest, Miss Lizzie, I should have worked on the details of my plan a bit further. Now that I'm tiny, I realize there are way more complications than I initially anticipated. He looked quite disappointed in himself, and Lizzie gently held out her hand. Come here, let me give you a tiny hug. You seem to need one. Alisa grinned at the mention of the tiny hug, and when Gwen was safely on Lizzie's palm, she bid them goodbye. I'll be off now, but if you need someone to help you break into the storage room, you know where to find me. Neither Gwen nor Lizzie knew where to find her, actually, but they politely nodded. Goodbye for now, Miss Alisa, and thank you very much for your help. Once Alisa was gone... She made sure to leave the cell's door open. Lizzie placed Gwyn on the berg, and she sat down next to him, before gently tousling his hair with one finger. Ah, what are you doing, Miss Lizzie? Giving you my version of a tiny hug. I can't exactly hug you properly, can I? I don't think I like being tiny. And yet you're so cute. <laughs> but that's not what is going to get me into the storage room. No, but you're not alone. I'm going to help you. Well, we are going to help you. We? He repeated, a bit surprised. Yep, we. Me, Jennifer, and Ally. We managed to infiltrate the prison, or rather, we managed to get arrested, to assist the legends in breaking out. She left out the part where they didn't plan anything past the point of being arrested. Come on, let's find them. She placed tiny Gwen on her shoulder and she walked out of the cell while Gwen tried to hold on for dear life. Maybe now was a good time to tell her that he had developed a fear of heights only minutes ago when Alisa was carrying him about. I'm going after him and none of you will stop me, Gary decided. He was right about the last point. None of the legends did stop him, mostly because they all felt like going after Gwyn, or at least try and find him. But that would definitely endanger the mission. All right, you have two hours, Gary. If by then you didn't locate Gwyn, then we will launch a rescue mission. Sarah motioned him to leave before Alan could disapprove, and Gary didn't waste any time. He started asking around if anyone had seen the bearded scientist, but no one even seemed to remember who he was. No one except Ali. She grabbed Gary's arm from behind, making him scream in terror. Please, don't hurt me! 
He turned around and came face to face with a tall woman with long wavy red hair, who looked quite amused. Then why would I hurt you in the first place? Wait, I know you. You're that artist who draws us all the time. That's a way to put it. <laughs> My name's Allie, in case you wonder. Yeah, sure. Um, what are you doing here? Right now? Helping you locate Gwyn, obviously. Gary's hopes went off the roof. Please tell me that you know where he is. Ali pointed a finger in the direction of Lizzie, who was approaching. Lizzie! Gary shouted happily. And Gwen! Shush, don't be so loud, Gary. He instantly started whispering. Sarah, give me two hours to find you. What are we going to do now? Gwen looked annoyed. We get the mansion's key, of course, with the help of Miss Lizzie, Miss Ali, and Miss Jennifer. I see. A little like Charlie's Angels, then. Who? Gwyn asked, but Lizzie ignored him as she had become quite excited about the adventure. After the sirens of space-time, here comes Gwyn's Angels. But those angels need a bit of a plan. Jennifer has found a way to walk around the prison unnoticed. I think she could get us into the storage room, although this might attract too much attention if we all go together. Hmm. Lizzie and Gary, do you mind creating a distraction while I take Gwen to Jennifer and we go retrieve the key? Whatever you do, just make sure that the guards remain as far away from the storage room as possible. On it. Ali placed the palm of her hand against Lizzie's shoulder, and tiny Gwen, who looked a bit pale, climbed on it. Just like Astra did before, Ali placed him in her jumpsuit front pocket, and she then went to Jennifer's cell. Hi Jennifer, do you mind if we borrow you for a little while? The brown-haired woman smiled awkwardly, but she was actually looking forward to a little adventure, more so when she learned it was to help the legends escape. I just hope that we won't see a cat during the mission. I get terribly distracted whenever I see a cat. Well, unless Zari turns into a cat again, I think we should be safe. Gwen's head popped out of the pocket. Why would Miss Zari turn into a cat? And why did you say, again? That's a long story, Gwen. They made their way to the storage room, and as they were approaching, some guards ran past them. Apparently, there was some sort of chaos orchestrated by a few of the legends in another part of the prison. Ali and Jennifer exchanged a glance. Gary and Lizzie were obviously getting a lot of attention. But as they reached the storage room and Jennifer was flexing her way to open the door, they were all startled when they heard the voice of a woman behind them. And what do you think you're doing, exactly? Turning around, they saw a woman dressed like she belonged to some kind of special force team. She was definitely not an inmate, which meant that they were in trouble. Dang! We just got busted! But as Ali and Jennifer looked upset, Gwyn had recognized the voice of the woman and he popped his head out of Ali's pocket, waving. Good day to you, Miss Iris. Would you mind giving us a hand, please? During his time with the legends, Gwyn had learned that nothing ever went according to plan. 
for some strange or mystical reason, something always went awry and today was not different. Yet, Gwen wished that things could have worked out nicely for once. Jennifer had disappeared, but no one seemed to wonder why her power of invisibility was working when everyone else's power wasn't inside the prison. Care to fill me in? Iris asked casually. Ali glanced at Gwen. Since he seemed to know her, she trusted him to decide whether it was safe to share their plan with her or not. The scientist seemed hesitant at first, and Ali gently nudged him. We are trying to get out of prison. We? Before Gwen could speak further, Ali intervened. What about introductions? I'm Ali. You don't strike me as part of the prison staff, and you're obviously not an inmate. I'm not. You can call me Aris. I'm here to help, Gwen. Are you popular today? The scientist had to admit that she had a point. He wasn't used to get so much attention, and he didn't know what to think about it. Meanwhile, Jennifer had seemingly reappeared out of nowhere. What's the plan? Go inside the storage room, retrieve one of the mansion's keys, and have Gwyn safely return to the Legends. And what about the security cameras inside the storage room? Judging by the expression on their faces, they hadn't thought about that. Tell you what. I'll take care of the cameras while you retrieve the key. Iris took a small device out of her pocket and started fiddling with it. Go! Now! And hurry up! Jennifer and Ali rushed inside the storage room while Gwen remained tucked inside Ali's pocket. A large cabinet was occupying an entire wall and Ali cursed under her breath. Please tell me that they filed all of your belongings under legends. But Gwen wasn't listening. I just got an idea. The original plan was for me to take one of the keys since I wouldn't be able to carry more than one. But now you can retrieve all of them. It would make the escape part easier and it would also prevent the Time Masters to use one of those keys. The last part had been Gwen's plan biggest flow. Even if the legends managed to escape, they would have to find a way to either seal off any access to the mansion or make sure that they wouldn't be followed through it. Either way, the mansion would most probably be lost to the legends. But no, there was hope. All right, let's find those keys. Ali went straight for the letter L. But of course, there were no files named Legends. More worrying, there seemed to be no file about any of the Legends. As Jennifer and Ali kept searching for the keys, Gwen was getting incredibly nervous. He kept looking at the cameras and he almost fell off Ali's pocket twice. Gwen, you need to remain still. I can't look for the keys and look after you at the same time. The scientist apologized and simply stared as Ali was checking each drawer, just like Jennifer did. This is taking way too long. Maybe they filed our belongings under a name other than the legends, because they don't like us very much? Gwyn suggested. Of course! Gwyn, you're a genius. 
I know, I know. Ali instantly went to the letter O, and there it was. A file labelled Outcasts and Misfits, with a box containing the legend's belongings. Instead of taking just the keys, Jennifer and Ali decided to take everything, and they split the objects between the two of them. Soon, Gwyn was surrounded by his pocket watch, Berhard's totem, and some jewelry. Once they were done, they left the storage room only to discover that Iris was gone. I don't like this. Why would she help us only to bail out on us? Gwyn, you were checking the security cameras. Did you notice anything odd about them? You mean, apart from the shiny red dot underneath each of them? Oh, crap. Gwen remembered all too well last time someone had said, Oh, crap. It was seconds before Bishop landed on his time machine with a toilet, though the scientists knew this was bad. Very bad. Toilet bad. Gwen, I want you to stay put and hold on to anything you can. I really hope you don't suffer from motion sickness. She then turned towards Jennifer. Run! Gwen had barely time to hold on to one of the keys for dear life. Ali started running while the scientists started praying. Give me your hand, Jennifer suddenly urged Ali, who immediately complied. Jennifer's ability was passed on to Ali, and both women managed to run unnoticed by the guards until they reached Gwyn's cell. Alan was there, working on a new poem to try and fight off his growing concern for his boyfriend, and he looked rather surprised when the two women burst in. Ali didn't let him time to speak. We kind of succeeded and kind of failed at the same time. We were caught on camera. You were what? Alan asked, but Jennifer ignored him. I have an idea. I will give myself up and take the blame. I'll say that uh, Ali was an unwilling participant. Gwen's head popped out of Ali's pocket and Alan's face instantly brightened. He made a gesture as if he wanted to pick Gwen, but Ali gave him a glance and he backed away. Sadly, the cameras will show that Miss Ali has been searching the cabinet as well. However, Miss Ali could use one of the keys and we could wait for you all in the mansion. Miss Jennifer, I trust you will be able to give the keys to the rest of the legends without getting caught? Of course, I expect you to join us as well. Alan smiled. This was typical Gwen. Because Ali and Jennifer helped him and now faced punishment for it, the scientist considered that it was his duty to make sure they would be safe. You don't leave a man behind, Alan quoted. Ali gently helped Gwen getting out of her pocket and she placed him on the berg. Alan sat next to him, kissed one of his own fingers and poked Gwen with it. Slightly puzzled, the scientist stared at him. What are you doing? Kissing tiny you, obviously. Ali and Jennifer looked amused and exchanged a smile when Gwen blushed. Then, Ali emptied her pockets and handed Gwyn's watch to Alan. You might wish to hold on to that for Gwyn. 
Alan took the watch and he was about to thank Ali when a young woman rushed inside a cell holding something in her hand. What? I don't have much time. She paused when she saw Tiny Gwen standing on the bulk. Wow! So it was true. The girls are looking for you both, Ali and Jennifer, as well as for Tiny version of Gwen. I told them that it wasn't really Gwen, just something I had craft for comfort. She placed what she was holding in her hand next to Tiny Gwen. It was a tiny crocheted Gwen. How come you could keep a crochet set in here? That's just it. I couldn't, but I did, which means that the guards are after me as well, and they have threatened to harm my tiny wing. Imagine if they find not one, but two tiny wing. They must just hurt both of them. Gwen looked horrified, and Ali blew on him as if he was a small candle. What was that for? To prevent you from fainting. Who said I was going to faint? I had a premonition. I'll explain later. Let's go! What if the key won't work because magic and powers are impaired here? Ali paused when she heard Gwen. The key was already in the cell's door hall, ready to be used. Cathy and Alan exchanged a concerned glance. Have a little faith, Gwen. I know it's going to work. Alan admired Ali's confidence, but Gwen hid back in the pocket, too scared to witness the outcome. He heard as she turned the key and opened the door. See? Just as I told you. It worked. She retrieved the key and stepped inside the mansion, followed by Cathy and Alan, who closed the door behind him. I can't believe I'm actually in John's Constantine mansion. She was looking around her in Eve, just like Alan. Ali, on the other hand, seemed quite unimpressed. You had a vision of this place, hadn't you? Gwyn guessed. Of course she had. You keep a rather interesting company, Gwen. They all startled when they heard Arissa's voice. The woman came out of a dark corner, smiling. Who is that? That's a very good question. Iris here was supposed to help us, but she betrayed us instead. Did I? What about the security cameras that you were supposed to disable? Yeah, about that. My tech isn't always reliable in a time prison. Sorry, but hey, you managed to retrieve the keys and escape on your own. But how do you get here? From what Katie had heard around, only the legends had a key to John's mansion in the pocket dimension, and Iris wasn't one of them. Me? I got a key, of course. Wait. You had a key? Even before we broke in the storage room? That's about right. A heavy silence followed, as they were all flabbergasted by the revelation. Don't stare at me like that. I had to make sure that you'd be up to the task. Gwen bit his lower lip, forcing himself to refrain from asking, what task? Cathy poked Alan's arm. What about we look for the kitchen? I don't know about you, but after months of eating green much, I'm craving for proper food. Alan was all too happy to go with her, as he had a feeling that Ali, Gwen and Iris's talk might get heated. Why don't you get straight to the point? Didn't you have a vision about it? 
Don't push your luck. Still safely tucked in Alice's pocket, Gwen was starting to worry. He had encountered Iris before, and he knew that she had a natural talent at irritating people. Someone is after Sarah Lance and Ava Sharp's baby. Because the child is unique, a bounty has been placed to kidnap Sarah and get rid of anyone standing in the way. In other words, there's a bounty on the legend's head. Tiny Gwyn gasped, but he didn't faint. I'm trying to identify who placed the bounty in the first place, but you need to keep Sarah and the legends safe. How do we know that we can trust your words, especially after what happened with the security cameras? I didn't have any visions of this threat. How do I know you're not telling lies? You don't. But the question is, are you willing to take such a risk and dismiss what I just told you? That would be quite a gamble. Iris smirked, waved goodbye, and activated a teleporting device, vanishing instantly. I hate it when people do that. Cathy and Alan found the kitchen easily, and Cathy was quite happy to discover that the mansion couldn't run out of supplies thanks to a few spells cleverly said by Astro when the legends were stuck in 1925. I love magic. I hope that Asta will teach me a few tricks. And I hope that she will turn Gwen back to his normal size first. Alan wanted to hold his boyfriend in his arms without risking crushing him in the process. Don't worry. As soon as the legends will get the keys, they will come here and Asta will turn Gwen back to normal. You will be able to kiss him properly. Alan liked the sound of that and he smiled at the young woman. Following her directions, he helped her prepare a meal, and by the time the table was set, Ali entered in the kitchen. Iris is not joining us? When Alan and Cathy didn't hear the sound of an argument, they became confident that the situation had been sorted peacefully. However, the concerned expression on Gwyn and Ali's faces seemed to tell a different story. Ali sat at the table and placed Tiny Gwyn on it. Alan had built a makeshift tiny table and chair for him, and Katie had found a coffee set that she could use for him as well. Too bad I can go in a toy store. I could have bought a dollhouse and accessories for Gwyn. She was trying to brighten the mood, but she could sense that Ali and Gwyn were concerned, and she started fiddling with her crocheted Gwyn. According to Iris, there's a bounty on the legends. Someone wants Sarah and Ava's baby. But how do they know about the pregnancy? Alan wondered, still unaware that the legends were really famous. It's not exactly a secret. Everyone knows about the pregnancy. Cathy placed a pot on the table. As young consenting would say, you can't fight demons on an empty stomach. Let's eat. Then we can come out with a plan to save the legends. Easier said than done. Once the legends escape the time prison, they'll be chased by time masters and bounty hunters. <sighs> Even behind bars, they manage to get into trouble. But if they stay in the mansion, then they will be safe. Although, they can't hide forever. They all fell silent. But they startled when a familiar voice could be heard. 
I hope you saved your plate for me. It smells delicious. Can't you, I don't know, knock or announce yourself when you teleport? You'll end up giving one of us a heart attack if you keep popping up without warning. Iris shrugged and motioned Alan to sit back at the table where she remained standing. I'll have to remember it next time. Did you find who plays a bounty on the Legends? Well, something came up. In other words, you failed. Let's just say that I might have triggered an alarm when poking for information. Ali was about to say something when her face changed. Tiny Gwen worried instantly. Are you going to faint, Miss Ali? Alan, Katy, and even Iris shared the same concern, but they remained silent. After what seemed a very long time, Ali finally spoke. You didn't only trigger an alarm. You brought attention upon us. In one of my visions, I saw the lifeless bodies of the legends scattered around this mansion. It didn't make much sense to me back then, but in light of what you just told us, and considering I remembered that you, Kati, and myself were amongst the victims, it's safe to say that the bounty hunters have found a way to access the mansion. About that. You should know that Jennifer was caught before she could hand all the keys to the legends. She pretended that she stole the keys for herself. But bottom line, there are a couple of keys at large. Just as she finished talking, they heard footsteps approaching in a hurried manner. Someone had managed to gain access to the mansion. Grab anything you can use as a weapon. We won't go quietly. <laughs>